0: And so I'm going to read a little bit in, in chapter 17. What's about to happen here is God and Abram, Abraham are about to have a conversation about the sign of the covenant. Now, remember, the covenant is between God and, and Abraham. And right now, so far, Abraham just has to, his part's not, not really clear yet. He, God's going to do all this. He's going to be as numerous as the sand is, as the stars in the sky, his children. And so it says, when Abram was 99 years old... Nope, none of you in here. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. God is establishing himself. Even this morning, the same thing. God is Almighty. He's the Almighty God. He says, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly then abram did what is appropriate in this moment he fell on his face and god talked with him saying now you got to picture this conversation this is god and this is god and abraham and and i'm going to try to try to do god here okay as for me behold my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations no longer shall your name be called Abram but your name shall be called Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you also I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger All the land of Canaan is an everlasting possession and I will be their God. As for you, you shall keep my commandment, my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you." And Abraham says, cool. This is really cool, so God, you're going to do all this, what what do you want me to do? And God says, every male child above you shall be circumcised. (laughs) (laughs) What? Can I walk through the animals? Amen. And, and to make it clear, he goes and says, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. Just in case we were unsure of what was <laughs> happening here. <sighs> That's God's covenant with the people of Israel. And Abraham was this, the person that God would keep his, his covenant with. God is going to do all these amazing things. And Abraham's part was to have the sign in his flesh, a circumcision. Now, what we find as we read the Bible, the Old Testament, and even into the New Testament, and probably even today, that they lost the understanding that this was just a sign of God's faithfulness and His goodness towards people that we wore as, as circumcision. It was a sign. It was an outward sign. They were saying, we are God's people and God is going to do this within us. But with, with when time began to come, they actually began to brag about their circumcision and saying, we're of the circumcised, we're special. Maybe even some of them had thoughts like, you know, if, as long as I'm circumcised, God's going to hear my prayer. They lost the focus of that it was God's covenant, that God wanted to do something and that we just had to believe him, but that we were saying, yes, this is God's sign that he is good, that he is almighty. And that's the first part of the covenant in here. We we think that it's only about giving the land, but the covenant, the first part of the covenant says, I am almighty God. I'm almighty God. That's a great way to start a covenant. What what do you mean? He's God. We need him to be God today. The second part is, I'm gonna establish you. I'm gonna make you fruitful. I'm gonna give you, many nations will come from you. That's the second part. The first part is simply, I am am God Almighty." And that covenant is the same covenant he wants to make with us. He's God Almighty. We are grafted into the the, the seed of Abraham through Israel because of our faith in Christ. And so here we have this we have this passage in Joshua now. Now we're going to fast forward 430 more than that years because in, in a few generations they go into Egypt, they stay in Egypt for 430 years and then Moses brings them out. Now we read a, a few minutes ago in Joshua that he's about to circumcise them again. And these are adults. These are not kids. You know, we circumcise a little bit. These are these are full adults, and they had not been circumcised in the desert, but the original fighting men had been. So what we believe is that, that while they were in Egypt, they were still practicing circumcision because it said those men who came out of Egypt were circumcised. This was a sign. These were, these were what to become, the Jews. They were the children of Abraham, and the sign of the covenant of God was that they would be circumcised. But the moment they left Egypt and they wandered in the desert for 40 years, the practice stopped. There's another practice that stopped, that, that I believe stopped. We're not clear on it, but I believe it stopped, and that was Passover. I don't believe that they celebrated the Passover. Um, and not fully while they were in the land of Egypt. Because all the men who weren't circumcised, the Bible says cannot have the Passover. No uncircumcised male can celebrate the Passover. And they didn't do that. So so they're in the desert, and, and they didn't do this, this important thing that even while in Egypt under as slaves, they still practice this, saying this is the covenant of God with us. We're in slavery, but we're in a covenant relationship with God. And then it stopped. Why? We don't know, but let me give you my, my musings, the musings that I've, I've come to uh, with reading and studying, because I was going, well, why not? And, and, and I believe it, it, it may be as simple as this. A few things. They come out of Egypt. What are they doing? When, when do they stop camping and when do they start camping? With the cloud and the fire. When it stops, they stop. When it goes, they go. There was not a clock in the sky that says, we will be here for 27 hours. We're going to be here for a week, we're going to be here for a year. They never knew when the cloud or the fire would move and when it would stop. And so really, getting circumcised in the desert was kind of like, well, what if what if we have to move? You know, what if, what if, you know, what if we don't stay here long enough? I think that's possible. There's another thing that, that maybe made them uh, not really liking the idea, they're in the desert, but there are people around who could come and attack them. And the Israelites know the story of Dinah and Simeon and Levi. Now, who are they? Shechem. Shechem was the prince back in, in, in Genesis and the, and the children of Israel, they were there. And this guy, Shechem, he liked Dinah, one of the daughters of Jacob he liked her so much that he took her and he violated her. I mean, he, he, it, but it says that he really, he, he loved her. He wanted her. So he took her and he violated her and the children of, of Israel, the children of Jacob find out and they're angry, they're angry. And, uh, Shechem goes to his dad and says, dad, I really like this girl. Please, 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 daddy, 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 get her for me. You spoiled Prince. And so dad goes to Jacob and says, listen, my, my son is attracted to your daughter, and we, let us marry with, it, with you guys. I mean, you know, they, were, they, were, they were dwelling in the same land, but they were not of the same people. And so Levi and Simeon go to dad and to Shechem the son, and says, you know, we can't intermarry with you because we're Jews and we're, we're the circumcised. But if you guys will circumcise all of your men Then we can marry freely in between our group and we'll just be one group. But in order to do that, all the men have to be circumcised. And they go, okay, okay. And so they go to the men and they all get circumcised, not the babies, the men. And three days later of pain and festering, Simeon and Levi go through the camp and kill every one of the men, because they can't fight back. They're in too much pain from being circumcised. Remember, this isn't, this isn't modern day. Getting circumcised back then was with a flint knife. No fun. And so Simon and Levi, they deceived Shechem and his, his dad and all the people, and they used circumcision as a way to kill every one of them and to plunder all of their property. This is, the, this is the heritage of the children of Israel. So I think it's possible that as they're going around going, should we all get circumcised again? Going, uh, what, if, what if we're laying around healing and we get attacked? And so I don't know if that was the reason or not. They didn't do it. All the older people die off of fighting age. They've already crossed the Jordan. They're actually on the right side of the promised land, and now it's time to circumcise them. Now, now let's, let's even put this... this picture here circumcision is the covenant of God with with Abraham that he's going to bring them into the land. Well, they're in the land, but they don't have it yet. And now that they're here, they know that people around them are afraid. And sometimes when people are afraid, they fight. They know what they're there for. So is it possible that all these nations in the promised land and the land of Canaan are going to come and attack the Israelites? Absolutely. And so what are we gonna do? We're gonna get circumcised and lay around for a week and heal and not be able to fight. This is a sign of trust in God, putting themselves back under the covenant saying, God, it's you that's gonna do this for us, it's not us. We're in covenant relationship with you and we're, gonna, we're allowing ourselves to be circumcised because we trust in the God who's the maker of this covenant. Wow, I think it's pretty amazing. And so it says that they stayed there until they healed from this event. We don't know how long. Then they celebrate the Passover and, and they're, they're honoring God. And then in that moment, God takes the manna away and He's providing for them as they go. He's providing for them in the fruit of the land, not bringing spiritual, spiritual bread down. So what, so what is this circumcision? I want to talk about it because how does this affect us? What, is this, what does this work for us? I believe that there's a spiritual circumcision that God is more concerned with than a physical circumcision. And who was already talking about it back in Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy 10.16. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16. The Lord says, Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff necked no longer. Later on in Deuteronomy chapter 30, he says, Circumcise your heart. Circumcise your heart. Get that that flesh that's in the way out of the way and come to me. Be stiff necked. No longer. Go to the New Testament, Romans chapter 2. <clears throat> Romans chapter 2 and verse 29. Paul's talking, talking about whether you're a Jew inwardly or outwardly. And verse 29 says this, he is a Jew who is at one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. He is a Jew whose praise is from God and who's circumcised in the heart. It means means we're wearing this covenant in our heart and we're, we're getting away the, the flesh, the, the earthly part of our lives and our hearts, and we're sold out to God in our heart. It's not about a physical circumcision. And that's what the Lord wants to talk to us about today. Is, is our heart circumcised? Are we for the Lord? If God touched our heart and if we allowed the flesh to no longer be inside of us, when we come to Christ, He does all the work and we walk in the work that's completed in Him. And it's such a a battle that we continually continually walk and work out that we feel like we've got to strive and we've got to do all of these things. And yet the covenant is God did all the work and we walk in him in this covenant. How is your heart today? Is it a circumcised heart? Is my heart a circumcised heart? Have I allowed the work of God to come in and, and give myself over? I want to give a couple of evidences this morning, and and I'm going to move through these quickly. Whether or not we have a circumcised heart, not so that we can feel bad, but to say, have I given my life, my heart over to the Lord? Am I walking in him? Is my strength in him? Or do I find that that I'm still guarding this side and walking in the flesh? Romans 2:29, the verse that we just read says that circumcision is that of the heart, it's in the spirit. and the end part of that verse says that those are Jews inwardly whose circumcision is the heart, if their praise is not from men, but from God. Part of the evidence of a circumcised heart is that you're not a seeker of man's praise, but you're a seeker of God's praise. It's, it's not. That, that we only live to please the, lo- the man, but we want to please God. You know, shame and embarrassment, even the fear of rejection, comes upon us. Um, and sometimes it comes upon us because we're afraid that we're going to be rejected because of Christ. We, will we stand up for Him? Will we, will we live for Him? Are we too afraid and too full of shame? that we might be rejected. We're worried about praise from man more than God. That might be a sign that our hearts aren't circumcised, that we care more about the world and not as much about God. We don't want to be misunderstood by relatives and friends. We need to seek God's approval. Acts chapter 7, 51, if you're taking notes, says, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. An uncircumcised ear means that someone can't hear and understand a spiritual truth because the heart is uncircumcised. Being stubborn and resisting the work of the Holy Spirit is a, a sign that maybe your heart has not been circumcised. Well, what's What's resisting the Holy Spirit? Well, I think it can be a number of things, but is it possible that it's even a spiritual time of worship? And, well, that can't be of God lifting your hands in worship or, or dancing. Is that resisting what maybe the Holy Spirit wants to do? Even Peter, the great apostle, had an unspiritual, uncircumcised heart for years in his ministry because he wouldn't recognize the Gentiles. God wanted to do something new. He wanted to bring in the Gentiles, and Peter had a problem with it. His heart was uncircumcised. He was even confronted by Paul. He says, God wants to bring this gift to the Gentiles. We need to bring it to the Gentiles. Is our heart uncircumcised? Are we willing to receive what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to do in our midst and in the lives of people? Don't resist Him. Don't be stiff-necked. Don't be a stubborn person. Philippians 3.3 says, we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. (coughs) We are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. I believe another evidence of circumcision in the heart is when a Christian is liberated to rejoice and worship God in the freedom of the Spirit. And I think it's tied into the first one. When you're really liberated to just worship God freely, and you're not concerned of, if I lift my hands higher than this, what will they think? Maybe tempted to, to begin to dance or sway and in a time of worship, and, and you're like, no, 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 I, I can't do that. No, but be free in your worship. Be free in your worship in the Spirit." David danced mightily and danced in his his undergarment that was unfitting for a king because he wasn't afraid of rejection of men. He wanted to please God. We need to be ready just to worship God abandonly, however He calls us to. That doesn't mean we all have to look the same, but if God's leading you to step out in a time of worship or to do something, we say, I'm going to worship God truly. I want to have a circumcised heart. I want my heart to be open to him and I want to worship God in the spirit, in spiritual ways and be open however he wants to. Feeling a word come up in the time of worship, a prophetic word, I'm going to be free and I'm going to do that. In the same verse, the same verse, Philippians chapter three, verse three, it goes on to say that another sign of true circumcision is having no confidence in the flesh. You know, I was having a great conversation with someone this week, and, you know, outside of Christ, we can't do anything. And we wrestle with that. I wrestle with that. I'm like, well, there's a lot of people living in the world. They're not saved, and they're doing things all the time. And some of them are artists or athletes. You go, what do you, can you really not do anything outside of Christ? The Bible says that God holds everything together, which means even the fact that we breathe is a gift of God. Everything that we do is God allowing us to do it, whether we're saved or not. It was God who gave us the talent, the ability, and he holds it all together. And we shouldn't have confidence in the flesh. We should have confidence in our own talents, in our own ways, on the worship team or as a pastor in the workplace or whatever it is, we should have no confidence in us, but put our confidence in him, that he's the one who gives us their abilities. He gives us life. God help me to be humble. Understand that it's you who cause my lungs to, to go. You've, you're in charge of the electrical synapse in my brain, even. I don't want to put confidence in the flesh. I want to put my confidence in you. Leviticus chapter 26. In Leviticus chapter 26 and 40, 40 and 41, it talks about being able to confess our wrong. And that's a sign of a circumcised heart. This is something that we all struggle with, I think. When when someone confronts us, are we willing to confess and say, I was wrong? I'm sorry. It was my fault. I didn't think of that. Is our heart open to be humble and ready to just accept? Or are we going to make excuses and justify and put the blame somewhere else? Church, we need to be willing to humble ourselves and admit that we're wrong and confess. Not just move on. You know, we kind of maybe have a sin thing going on in our life and God deals with us and. And we, we say, okay, we just kind of move on. But there's part of the thing, there's the part that says, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another so that you may be made whole. We need to be willing to sometimes confess to others and confess to the Lord and not just sweep it under the carpet or justify it. Has your heart been circumcised? Has my heart been circumcised? Are we going to keep having confidence in the flesh and being proud? stubborn cast our sin on others you know David was a man after God's heart because he accepted the punishment and the accusation of his sin and he repented quickly It wasn't because he did great things this guy was always making mistakes but he had a circumcised heart and when it was confronted he confessed and he worshiped the Lord While you're in the Old Testament, just go back to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 6. Here's a sign that you have a circumcised heart. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Go to verse eight. And you will again obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I command you today. The sign of a circumcised heart is that we love the Lord with all of our heart and that we obey his commandments and that we're quick to obey. Now we can obey from the outside or we can obey from the inside. When we try to obey from the outside of God, in other words, just trying on our own, we fail. But when God circumcised our heart and we, li- we understand and we're humbled and we live from within Christ, Christ lives within us and we live within Him, the, the circumcised heart says that you love the Lord with all your heart and you obey the voice of the Lord and do all His commandments. From within. We can't do it on the outside. We say, we say that all the time. The whole law points and gives us all these things that we have to do, and we can't do them. But within Christ, we obey His voice. He leads us. He gives us the strength. We love the Lord with all our heart. And I tell you, that's, that's a hard one. Do I love the Lord with all my heart or just part of it? Am I humbled? Am I stubborn? Do I worship truly? Do I resist the Holy Spirit? Do I have more confidence in my flesh? Do I confess when I'm wrong? These are signs to us of our heart, and this isn't about feeling bad. It's about where are you? Have you allowed God to circumcise your heart? And I believe this is one of those things that 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 flesh can grow back over our heart again then you have to be circumcised again. And come to him and say, Lord, I've taken back the flesh part of my life. I'm doing this on my own and I don't want to. I need to be in you. I want you to circumcise my heart. I don't wanna have outward signs to people. I wanna have a heart that you know truly. And I'm loving you and these things are happening in my life because you've made a difference in my life and I've committed my everything to you. I have no strength in myself, in my flesh, nothing to offer, but only you, God. I offer myself to you. How are you doing? Let's take a moment and talk to the Lord. Commit yourself afresh and say, Lord, I think that I've allowed that flesh part to grow over my heart. Cut it away. I don't want to walk in the flesh. I want to have a spiritual heart. I want to have your heart. Dear Jesus, I think on a level, this affects every one of us in here. And it's a place that we need to come back and let you come and circumcise our heart. Help us to love you with all of our heart. With you in our lives, God, cause us to hear your voice and obey. God, help us to know you in such a deep way that we understand that our sufficiency is in you and we have no strength in the flesh and we don't have no confidence in the flesh. God, we've seen your working through generations and know that you do things outside of the box. Help us to be open to what your Holy Spirit wants to do and not reject it and not be stubborn and stiff-necked. Cause us to be people who would worship in spirit and in truth and be free in our worship of you. Not be bound by what other people might think in any part of our life, but only be God-pleasers. We don't want to live to please man, but we want to live to please you. And God, we thank you that this is only possible because of you. You are holy as we journeyed this morning. You are holy and righteous, and you are God Almighty. Lord, this morning we commit ourselves again afresh to you. I ask that you would change our hearts. Would that conform us into your image? And be people of the spirit and not of the flesh in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Pastor Jeff is going to come, and we're going to hold you for a few more minutes, and I, we, I usually don't do this, but uh, Pastor Jeff's going to come. And